I think we were we were driving. Maybe it was like when we were driving back from Atlanta, and I was like, "Ooh, they got Bikisis at this exit." And then I had to explain that to them. <laughs> 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 it was like, "What is that?" And I was what? like, oh. "Oh, yeah." You don't remember that famous line at the end of Chamber of Secrets when Hagrid comes back in the Great Hall? He says, "I got Bikisis," and all the kids run. Maybe that was in the director's cut. I don't know. My my brain went to John when you said that. My brain went to the end of the Sorcerer's Stone. I'm not going home. Not really. Yeah. I'm going to Bikisis. <laughs> I'm not going to Bikisis. Really. Voldemort may be frightening, but but there's one thing that Voldemort doesn't have. What's that? He doesn't have Bikisis. That's right. Chicken frog. No, I think we were watching Chamber of Secrets and, and someone, I think it was you, Dustin, made that joke. Made what joke? <laughs> this when, exact one? So at the end of Chamber of Secrets, Hagrid was in prison and then he comes back at the, at the very end of the movie. You remember? Right. And he opens the door and everyone's looking yeah. and he's like, Hello, I'm back or whatever. And, and <laughs> Justin, I think you just go, I got Bikisis. And then all the children like run up to him. And now you never like, watch that without thinking of that. <laughs> got Bikisis. That's stuck in your uh-huh. subconscious. Yeah, there that's you right. go. That's that, that's a Dustin special for you. That's a good one. No, I haven't been sacked. <laughs> I got a sack of Bikisis. Hard sack, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Buck Bing's been sentenced to be Keezy's. <laughs> Burgers and fries. How does Voldemort eat Bikisis without a nose to breathe through while he's stuffing his face? It makes it easier Small to eat Bikisis. <laughs> he eats like a snake. He just sticks out his tongue at it. <laughs> he just he just swallows it whole. Imagine he does like the final three movies with like a huge lump in his neck because he's slowly digesting this Burger King. Yes, my Lord Voldemort. Oh, my Lord Voldemort, what happened to you? I've eaten. Now I don't have to eat for another three months. (laughs) Time to molt. Nagini, dinner. Dinner. And it's just like a spread of Burger King. I just like that's what they're eating all all along uh, uh, the Malfoy's Malfoy big, Manor. Long yeah, table. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's just beke- everyone's got bikisis. Well, from one British property uh, to another. I even uh, made some tea tonight. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I wanted to talk about No Time to Die because I didn't get to see it until like a week ago, ago or so. And I would, it came out like what, November, December? October 8th. It was? Yep. Oh, uh, well, I, I had a newborn. <laughs> That's why I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> All of the Daniel Craig movies are on Amazon Prime right now, except for Spectre. Uh, I, I did watch them all again um, because I hadn't watched Quantum of Solace a second time ever. I don't think it's been a while since I'd seen Spectre. Spectre, no, sorry, uh, Skyfall, which is so weird because like Skyfall came out 10 years ago. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. That is 10 crazy. years old. And I perpetu- I perpetually think of it as like three or four years old. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. yeah, that movie came out 10 years ago, which is yep. the same, you know, the same year as the Avengers came out, which is. Yep just nuts to think about it it feels it's aged very well well yeah which is a testament to its quality i want to talk about with you guys about no time to die i loved it 
I gave it five stars. Like I wrote a little letterbox ditty uh, right after I watched it. I, I don't I mean, I was, I just heard it was good. I watched it on a Thursday night um, and I was just like, nah, and, and it was more, and the reason I did that was because I was going to break it up over two nights. I was like, there's no way I'm going to go to watch it in a single night. I have to go to work in the morning. And I did not expect to watch the entire film. Um, and so that never happens. There's plenty of movies yeah. I've watched and I've come on here and told Dustin, I was just bored and maybe I'm bored because I'm tired and maybe I, I'm going to fall asleep during a movie no matter what it is. Maybe that's not fair to the movie I'm watching or reviewing. So I always grade on a curve when it comes to the movies I get tired during because I just spend so much time awake, as you guys both know. But then you got films like Dune or this where I don't feel a wink of of like sleepiness during it because I'm yeah. so engaged and so interested. So then I go, yeah, maybe I'm not being fair to those other films. The majority a little bit, I correct it with that curve, but it makes movies like this. Like it makes me certain like, no, these are good movies. These are great movies. No time to die was, was one of those for me. Um, so we can talk about why, but I mean, like it's just as much as we can talk about, you know, what was decent or unremarkably um, par about Thor love and thunder sometimes when a movie is really good it's hard to say more than just yeah everything works i don't know because <laughs> so so i guess i'll just say to people who are if anyone's listening who hasn't seen it for whatever reason i'm just gonna say it's great five stars everything works it's on amazon prime go watch it this is my favorite of the daniel craig bonds for me i i give it four and a half stars okay. um so on up there i mean um i i think ultimately i like Casino Royale best. That may just be nostalgia because it really is the movie that kickstarted my love for James Bond, um, which of course I had seen before Casino Royale, but I, I didn't really like love it until Casino Royale. So it could just be, you know, rose tinted glasses or whatever, looking back at it and saying, oh, that's my favorite. Um, but No Time to Die is easily my second favorite. And, um, you know, if I watched them back to back, which I have not done, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I can't confidently say which one I, I like better, but, but I, I will say this. I've, I've for a long time have said that Casino Royale is the best action movie of, you know, I don't know, maybe my lifetime. Um, but, but especially my, uh, high school to now time. Um, and, um, and, and I love that movie. This I absolutely love as well. So while I, I don't know why I don't give it five stars because I don't really have anything to complain about. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I might could be tempted to give both of them a five star review, but, uh, for now I'm going to stick to four and a half for both and just tell you that I love them and that you should see it. I, I would be somewhere between four and a half and five. Um, I think if you were to ask me which of my favorites, you know, how this falls in the Daniel Craig pantheon, I, I really think it's almost a three-way tie between Skyfall and Casino Royale and this. Um, I think that, you know, everyone loves those three and it would be hard to pick one. Um, so I'll just say it's in line with those other two. Um, I think there's a, a more of an emotional punch on, on this one than there was in those other two. So um, this broke a lot of new ground for things that Bond movies don't usually do. And so it was interesting to watch in that regard, seeing um, the, the fact that this was 
obviously the the last film in a series of films that have been building up a, a particular character um because usually bond movies are incredibly self-contained there's no overarching story between them uh, very little tissue between those films so seeing the end of that journey um and um kind of picking up right after specter kind of like a direct sequel to that movie um yeah, it was it, it it broke new ground. It tried to be different and it succeeded. Um so yeah, it hit all the all the usual bond stuff that you want to see, but it also um felt fresh and unique and and um yeah, I loved it. To quote Dustin um about a different film, uh I actually produced tears. Like I was <laughs> I was sad um yeah. at the end of this and it it it, it affected me. Um and, uh, you know, it's sometimes the whole, like, I'm not going to make it like th- sometimes like those, those types of goodbyes don't always land, uh, very well, but it did a, I, so I, like I said, I rewatched Spectre, which I liked better in hindsight than I think when I initially saw it, Spectre is a really beautiful film. Um, it's just a little slow. That's that, uh, Hoyta, uh, cinematography. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't think there's a bad Bond film that Daniel Craig has done. I think that there's some that are better than others, obviously, but, um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say any of them are like awful. I've seen quantum of solace a couple of times and I've seen specter only once. So it's hard for me to say there's not a bad one, but, but I would say like, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not as fresh on it to, to call them bad. So I'll just say like, yeah, definitely some are better than others. Yeah. None of them are like man with the golden gun. You know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. Like uh, Quantum of Solace, it does a lot of things that movies in general, but action movies especially, were doing wrong in 2009-ish area. Like, because like, that's right around the time Taken came out. So that it falls into that that pantheon of films where you just have a zillion cuts in a second in every action sequence. And it's just way too frenetic. And it was a horrible trend in filmmaking. And so Quantum of Solace is just a product of its time, probably. Um, but I, but uh, everyone is better in it in hindsight. Again, that's another one where I'm like, yeah, but Daniel Craig's still good in it. Or Olga Kurlenko is really good in it. Um, you know, Judy, everyone's doing great. So it's just, it's just you know, it doesn't age well, but it's, you know, it's not crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the biggest complaint I heard about No Time to Die might have been Rami Malek's villain, which... Perfectly. I I give villains a really easy pass a lot of the times. They don't have to do much for me except for not be horrible. Um, so I'm, maybe I'm not the best person to ask when it comes to how did how did they do? But I, I thought his villain was serviceable here and certainly distinct. Maybe maybe not like super threatening. And I'm not quite sure what his plan was other than to you know be able to poison people and I guess sell his services of poison to people and generally be evil okay you know but i'm I'm always much more focused on am i do i buy the protagonist's arc i'm i have a blind eye towards the villain unless they're doing an excellent job of using the villain to self-actualize the protagonist so when they're not and they're merely an obstacle i'm still like okay well that's good too good good job good for you and i just let it go the thing with Bond movies and villains is there, there's like a villain formula for Bond movies. And when 
Casino Royale started this fresh reboot, it felt like they were going to go into a more realistic or naturalistic vein, and they were going to leave behind these villains that had some sort of physical deformity and um, some sort of extravagant, uh, eccentric quirk. Um, <clears throat> and then, and then what's weird, like when Skyfall hit, they started to gradually ease into some of the James Bond tropes, mm-hmm. right? Like they brought in. Um, a more classic version of M they brought in money penny and you know kind of that that office setup that you know we'd seen all the way going back to Sean Connery they brought in Q um, all of these things that that we had grown to know and love that were stripped away with Casino Royale and in a weird way um, this villain here seems the most Bond-ish to me um, but again in a more naturalistic way um he still fits the the mold but to me he feels more believable than somebody um you know like uh i mean shoot any any number of bond villains that have have a quirk um but but um and even even blofeld is a more realistic blofeld here than he was inspector and then he kind of became in some of the the bond films um that i'd grown up on and so all that to say like i give a pass to these villains just because like the villains are bond villains right like that's a a brand in and of itself um and all they have to do is have a plot that means trouble and be somewhat intimidating and threatening to our hero um they don't really have to be much more than that in 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 a bond story now it's great if they are but they don't have to be um bond movies are unique in that way that i it's weird to say like i don't expect a lot of bond movies because i certainly do but but there's a little bit of leeway uh, for the fantastic in Bond movies where I'm able to suspend my disbelief maybe a little bit easier than other franchises like, say, Mission Impossible. Um, you know, as as fantastic as those have been over time, um, I think I, I hold those to a standard that's a little bit less uh, heightened than James Bond is because James Bond ultimately is a fantasy, um, you know, that's designed by Ian Fleming to be, you know, this character that we could all want to be and and live vicariously through he's great at everything he has almost no flaws and um can do pretty much anything he wants and so i think um i think there there's just an easier i have an easier time suspending disbelief in bond movies yeah i i, I like Rami malik uh, it, it's not like he he stands out as like one of the best villains in this franchise but um yeah i thought he did he did a fine job all things considered um the villain was creepy and threatening and um i don't know if we want to get into spoilers but he accomplished something that no other bond villain has ever accomplished um yeah exactly uh, so that was that, yeah, good on him i guess and yeah. um i feel like also like a lot of people when they talk about bond villains they're really thinking of like the henchmen you know like odd job or jaws or mayday i like they have a long list of so the the villains themselves are usually like more understated so this was kind of in line with that a little bit for me um uh i'm i'm also subscribing to the theory that this was developed as dr no 
um, which was like a big rumor when the Smith film was being made that this character was Dr. No and um, that they changed it for whatever reason. Um, and I'm, if that is the case, I'm glad that they uh, didn't go in that direction. It didn't really work out with Blofeld. I think like with the, with the Daniel Craig films, it was a way to kind of like, like you said, Dustin kind of push it in a different direction. And so um, I'm glad it was a new character um, with, with ties to another character that we knew from the last movie. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I liked that they uh, nurtured this and grew this relationship with him and Madeline. I didn't remember that at the end of that film, they're like, you know, together. I like that they immediately throw that into doubt at the beginning of this movie. You know, like, oh, there's it's just another another femme fatale for old for old James Bond there. Um, and I was pretty I I had been spoiled on the aspect of a child, although I didn't know who's what yeah, whatever. But I just figured like so during all that I I was I was with it, but I also in the back of my head was like, oh, but don't they have a kid together? Maybe they don't. And and it was only this um this moment where he like puts her on the train. He's like, we're never going to see each other again. The first thing she does when she's like afraid is she like, she like clutches her stomach real quick. I don't know. I saw that as like a very deliberate, like seed, no pun intended of, of that plot point. But, um, so I, I figured like, okay, they'll get back together at this point. Um, but I, I liked, I liked that, that being, you know, something that's not just there for him. And, and there's of course a, a big time jump and everything too. So I, I didn't realize that was part of it uh, either, or that he was even uh, just the idea that like, Oh yeah, he's, he's and for, for the first time really in all these movies, he's like truly retired. He is out and he's briefly reinstated for the plot of this film. But that was another thing that was cool about it was like, Every other film is like, yes, you're double O. Oh man, James, like we, your, your, your judgments in question. And so we're going to like disavow you, but then we'll bring you back by the end of the film. Cause you've proven the case or whatever. But with this one, it was like, like he didn't really have to list like he, the way he talks to M in this movie is different because M's like not his boss for a lot of it. He's just like, what did you do? Like you made this M tries to blame him. If you remember, he's like, oh, if you hadn't been so bad at your job now, double O seven, like this this we wouldn't have this mess and he's just like bro this is your fault don't don't put this on me like are you are you kidding <laughs> like yes you can't talk to me like that anymore i i always like their relationship too because this bond doesn't really know the ray finds m mallory very well yeah yeah so it's it, it you know it felt more believable that he would disregard they, a lot they don't of have as much of know, a relationship yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah, exactly. And I will say too that that opening sequence, like the whole opening, was it like checked all the boxes that I wanted out of it. It had that the great chase sequence and the Aston Martin. Um, mm -hmm. It had the uh, we have all the time in the world. Yep. Uh, open the movie. It had um, uh, he brought Madeline back. She was the first Bond girl to ever come back. Yeah. Um, so and it was just you're in an exotic setting. It has all those like place making things that you want out of a out of the first scene of a james bond movie so right away i was like okay i'm on board with this. this is cool yeah 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 what what's what's great about it is one thing that i love at the end of specter you see him drive off with madeline and and i'm getting like flashbacks to on her majesty's secret service the first time i watched that and yeah. i remember thinking like oh no something's gonna happen because if you see on her majesty's secret service you know what happens um, Bond gets in the car with a woman that he loves and they get married, don't they? 
Um, they get married and then, uh, they leave the wedding and immediately their car gets ambushed and, uh, his wife is shot and killed immediately. And that's how the movie ends. He gets married and his wife dies. The The single darkest moment in any James Bond. And it just ends with Bond like crying over her corpse. And the next, does the next film address it then, Like a a, a police officer rolls up and he's like, are you all right? Bond like tries to play it off. And he's like, yeah. We have all the time in the world. And he's just like cradling her dead body. Yeah. And then the song starts to play over the credits. And it's like, oh, yeah. God. And it was this right. song they played at the beginning of the movie. Oh, my God. So that was like a, it was like a great mirroring of that. Um, yes. Kind of the inverse of it in this movie. But um, yeah, which is cool. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. like yeah. you're right. This is the first Bond girl to come back. And it's <laughs> and it's a weird like mirror of like this alternate version of what happened in on her majesty's secret service like yeah. hey what if what if uh what if that didn't happen um and so the only thing missing here is they they don't get married but like it's it's that same thing just flipped and i thought yeah. that was a really yeah. cool choice and as far as my money goes that's the best bond song um so i was happy to see it come back no from russia with love man i love no that's a great one that's a great one but yeah. From Russia with Love is my favorite. Uh speaking of songs, uh I, I really liked the Billy the Billy Eilish song. I, I love all these yeah. credit sequences. Like I've forgotten how yeah. amazing they were. The Spectre one's terrific. Um too. Yeah. They're, they're all great. What's your favorite of the of the Craig? Of movies? the five, I probably enjoy the Chris Cornell one the most. It's just the most 100%. fun. I, I always have a soft spot for that one too. I love yeah. Yeah, it's the best yeah. one. It's just so. It's, it's well. That's I always associate with that beautiful opening. The, the sequence that plays with it, with yeah, all the, the cards, card imagery, the cards. yeah, the yeah, casino exactly. imagery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He shoots and the spade comes out. I do out. like Skyfall too. Yeah, I think Skyfall is a great one if you're looking for like a throwback. Um, yeah, you know, Bond throwback type song. Um, yeah. I, I did not care for the one Inspector at all. No, um, I, I hardly remember it. Yeah, the same uh, as one. of Solace one I like. It's very divisive. Like a lot of people really don't like. Yeah, it. I don't uh, like it. Alicia Keys you and yeah, Alicia Jack, Keys White. Jack White. I think I think it's fine. It's I, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I heard a podcast where where he he was talking to uh, he was on Conan <clears throat> O'Brien's podcast. Jack White was. Oh, was he? And he was talking about that songwriting process, and he was like, basically, it was a last minute thing, and they contacted him like, "Hey, will you help?" <laughs> And he was like, yep. And he uses an opportunity to do things that they would normally say no to. And like he would submit and they would say, hey, I think you should try this again. And he'd be like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. And they'd be like, oh, OK. Even though he totally had time, he was just like, I don't have time. I got I got to be on tour, guys. And they were like, OK. And so it just ended up being this really weird version that had very little oversight. Yeah, but, well, uh, I can tell because I think it's horrible. <laughs> oh no, I think it's terrible. I think it's better great. than the Sam Smith one. No, their voices. Yeah, I agree. Th- these are two people who are singing like the same note, and it's just like, well, then you're supposed to get people who whose voices complement each other. These two people, it doesn't it doesn't work at all for me. Like it it sings like. It's just off key. I'd hate it. I hate it, Dustin. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it works. So the fact that the, that they are a little disparate, mm-hmm. I think, speaks to James Bond's detachment from the women. Um, and so and so having having Jack White and Alicia Keys be a little bit off from one another, mm-hmm. I think, actually kind of works for me. See, t- to me, another way to die is to play that song on repeat until my body just <laughs> gives up. <laughs> 
This is your what if. This is Hooper's what if we found I, I, it. I, <laughs> I will say this too about the Billie Eilish uh, No Time to Die song. Oh. Um, initially, I didn't really like it. It was a little too slow, but especially after seeing the movie, I'm like, okay, I, it totally fits mm-hmm. what the movie is going for. So um, it close more in, in context, you know, how the song is outside of just listening to it on your own. So in, in context for the movie, um, I think it fits really well. Yeah, it's 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 great. I think um, it was Oscar, Oscar nominated too. It won. Yes. Oh, one. Yeah. Oh, did it win? Yeah. Wow. She oh, she geez. and her brother wow. won. I think. Yeah. Uh, this became the third consecutive Bond theme song starring Craig mm. to win that category after Skyfall Inspector. Wait. And that's at the Academy Awards. He should have. What else did I want to talk about specifically in this one? I thought the action was terrific. Like these yeah. are, these are action films. So like, you know, you always looking for a great well-conceived sequence. Of course, cause it's so hard to beat Casino Royale with the, the free running sequence. It's just fucking great. Know. You know, it's, it's so good. There's some really cool stuff in Skyfall. Uh, that is really aided by the cinematography Spectre. I don't recall having, I don't just don't remember anything from Spectre necessarily, but this one was terrific. Just Lots of wide, just good wide shots. Lots of stuff that you know is made to appear in camera. The whole thing in the forest um, with the jeep and the trip lines, and like like we talked about with Quantum of Solace, like action can be easy to just phone in or over construct or over edit. And there was confidence in in the sequences. I don't know if it's because they were well storyboarded or the stunt coordinators were great, or if it just I, I have to think that that Kerry Joji Fukunaga and Daniel Craig and a team of experts were like, we want the action to look like this in this movie. And they put the work in and they, they made some really awesome stuff. There's, there's so much action in this, but not like not action movie action. Just like this is James, just to remind you, you're watching secret agents be secret agents. And it's awesome. It's, it was just so fun. You know what's interesting? So you can track James Bond action sequences to their time period yeah. based on other things that are, you know, coming out around that time. Um, but, you know, obviously when Casino Royale came out, <clears throat> the big thing was the Bourne films. So there's an element of of the Paul Greengrass Bourne movies that made their way into the fight cinematography and choreography of Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Now, it's kind of carried over a little bit into Quantum of Solace, but maybe to a less effective degree. And then and then now what's weird is like we're, we're on the precipice of this reboot. And so the question is, well, what's big in action at this point? And the answer is John Wick, yep. which makes me think the next reboot may, in fact, sort of emulate this, you know, gun food type style, yep. which I think would be weird for Bond. But um, I mean, just the Bond formula is is such that it, it kind of does play with what's popular uh, of that of the day um and and i know that sound that runs the risk of sounding like bond just kind of steals from other franchises that's not what i mean no um i i, I mean i mean it, it, it the, the bond films always are of the cutting edge of action each time they come like around it, it's the perfect formula for constantly updating as times are constantly changing so how how would you know how would characterizing bond today work how would how would the filmmaking change what like what can we do with filmmaking now would that allow us to tell a different and more interesting story with bond and that's kind of even the same with like comic book movies like those are in a similar vein like okay we have source material 
what would the what would it be like to tell this story today? Like, are these themes relevant? What about these themes? Should they be discussed? How can we talk about such and such issue through a Captain America story? If you believe that all films ha- should have some sort of artistic responsibility to their audience, whether they are pure art or like pure purely indie thought provoking, you know, non commercial fare. What is genre filmmaking and blockbuster filmmaking's responsibility to the populace other than pure entertainment? Well, it's to it's to reflect the times and the and the the events and the concerns of our time back to us through broad filmmaking. If if they're to have a higher purpose, you know what? So what's interesting, too, with the Daniel Craig movies is Obviously, the the spy genre has been milked to death and and parodied to death. Thank you, Austin Powers, and um, and 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 that Bond formula has been parodied just so many times. You have to do something different and unique with it. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is um, that that and this applies to superhero films too. Like you were just saying, like there are so many superhero movies, and the formula is so well known. The only cool or or like unique thing that you can do is is focus on character. So and that's what the James Bond what the Daniel Craig Bond films did so great is they focused on that character because they knew like the times have changed, right? No one's going to be impressed because he has an exploding watch and no one's going to be impressed because he has a jetpack. No one's going to be impressed because he went to Belize and no one's going to be impressed because he, you know, has there's a beautiful girl next to him. Right. None of this is impressive in the day and age where I can Google images of Belize and I can probably build an exploding watch in my in my backyard. You know, this is not and and we all carry around a phone that's more powerful than, you know, most of the Bond movies gadgets have ever been. (laughs) So um, so shout out to Desmond Llewellyn. (laughs) Shout out to Desmond Llewellyn. Um, That that. You know, the times have changed, right? And so um what what they very cleverly and smartly did was said, okay, well, if these things aren't gonna be the things that get people in seats anymore, then the only thing left to do is to double down, focus on our character, and give the audiences something interesting here. So this decision was made very rightly to say Casino Royale carries into Quantum of Solace. And then there's no question whether Quantum of Solace carries into Skyfall. It just does. And then Skyfall carries into Spectre and Spectre into No Time to Die. And and the fact that it's a serialized thing with a beginning, middle and end that Bond starts here and ends here, um, you know, it's, it's a very and has an actual clear character arc, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of them. Yeah. And um, and and the fact that they were smart enough to realize that that's the selling point. Yeah. The selling point isn't all of the superficial genre tropes. This and, and in fact, they can strip them all away. Right? Casino Royale. There's no crazy Q gadget. There's nothing that's you know uh, exotic or whatever. And in fact, the the Bond girl, so to speak, has been completely uh, not completely, but but for a large part desexualized mm-hmm. um and 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 i think that that in doing that they understood that the only selling point we have is character and uh, and this is one of the best franchises for that yeah i, I think too like we we talk about the directors you know sam mendez with skyfall and and uh, all of these these people martin campbell but i i do think like we also have to give 
credit to like Barbara Broccoli for maintaining consistency with these characters. And uh, that's one of the reasons it it continues to elevate itself. And and you have that character integrity. It's not a a really committee of people overseeing this. It's, it's just a small group of people that really care about this kid. It's like a family member to them. So um, you don't have a handoff between studios and things like that. Right. Um, That's a huge part of, I think why this worked for me. Um, because it, there was that through line and you could tell the the amount of heart that went into this character and, and this iteration of it. So it's reflective of the times as the, as the films go on, there's less and less like eye candy in the movies because film in general just started moving away from that. There's an interesting perspective from Phoebe Waller-Bridge that I read Bond needs to be true to his character and suggested that it was the films that had to grow and evolve. And that, you know, the important thing is that the film treats women properly. Like you don't have to, you know, take that part of Bond's personality away just to be fair to the female characters. It's all in the filmmaking. It's all in the gaze of the director. It's all in what are we trying to sell here? Like, are we, you know, are we being exploitative? Are we, can we be a little bit more, more subtle about this? Or do people just generally get the idea that a beautiful woman is enticing to James Bond? Do we have to show her semi-nude? You know, like that sort of thing. Nothing in this characterization jumped out at me as out of place or um, any sort of hardline change as to how the character has behaved in terms of like um, killing people or his views towards drinking, any of those things that you may associate typically with Bond. Um, so... Uh, you know, it, I think that the Craig Bond was was a bit of a, a change um, in, in many ways. So um, I think that, you know, this film was just um, more of a modern Bond for me. So I think in regards of to to Bond's sort of um, uh, romantic life, what it, it spins out sort of naturally from the story in in these films where we see in you know early career casino royale bond falls in love with vesper <clears throat> and after that we get the sense that he's going to detach himself from uh from things because he grew too attached to her um and she's haunting him and 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 it sort of gives some sort of story reason why he might not be as womanizing moving forward um, or why, or uh, alternatively, maybe why he is as detached from other people as he is. Bond is a character who began when the world was in a different place culturally. Um, obviously, as with any character, you know, Superman from the 30s or uh, Spider-Man in the 60s or whatever, you 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 have to move the move the needle forward and you have to say okay if this type of character existed now how would that trait manifest mm-hmm. um and and so to that end i think that this bond while different while it manifests different is still in character um so so this is a bond who again cares deeply in Casino Royale enough that after a traumatic experience that Vesper goes through, he'll sit in the shower with her, not to get her in the bed, but instead just to comfort her, 
right? Like this is this is a very sweet and tender moment that Bond does not normally get. Um, but then, but then, you know, certainly, um, as it progresses, um, there, there are detached liaisons he has, um, that, that mean nothing in, in traditional bond style. However, um, I don't ever feel like it's exploitative, um, nor do I ever get the, the, the impression that he's forcing himself on a woman, um, which is maybe sometimes questionable in the, in the older James Bond movies that he's a little too forceful with women. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, I think you can keep that, um, that trait alive, but allow it to manifest itself within our modern world, um, a little bit differently than it was. I mean, this is the difference between Bond, Sean Connery's Bond, who would absolutely hit a woman and Craig's who probably isn't going to do that. Right. And, um, and so I think, um, I, I think that's the key is, is just, is, is just keep the character true, but manifest those traits differently over time. Um, and, and so, no, I, I have no problem with the way that bond was presented here. I don't think that it was in any way, a lesser version of bond or a watered down version of bond or anything that everybody was kind of, scared of and let's be honest the people who are most scared of that are the people who are most interested in living vicariously through bond um and and in some way you know getting some sort of satisfaction out of watching him uh just go through women or go through drinks or go through whatever and um and and that's a weird place to be because you're not caring about character, inserting yourself into this in an unhealthy way. Agreed. It's a very succinct way to put it. But but I do but I do think like um, the the most interesting thing that Casino Royale did was it flipped this the the script a little bit because if you remember in Doctor No, the big like iconic Bond girl shot is Ursula Andress coming out of the out of the water. Yeah. And Casino Royale flips it and has Daniel Craig do that. Yeah. Right. Like this is a very deliberate choice that hey, um, this time around we're not going to be you know utilizing the male gaze yeah. in the same way that we have. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it is it is different, but it's the same. Plus, it, it weeds out a lot of uh, homophobia immediately. You see who like in the theater, be like, oh, stand up and leave like not going to watch this movie no more. <laughs> I didn't come here to see no naked men. I want to see abs or crotch unless it's for a lady. <laughs> or also weeding out a bunch of pervs who are like. I'm here to see more sex. Yes. And then it's like, well, we're not giving it to well, you. Not with oh. men. No, 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 I no. I don't, no. I don't want to see, I don't want to see romance. No. I just want to see sex. Those people came. This is Shrek too. <laughs> I'm in the wrong theater. Those people came back for Skyfall. Like, oh, Mr. Yeah. Bond. They're like, what, what is it? Okay. I, I, what, what does happen? I can't take coming to these films and walking out. <laughs> And here he is, uh, uh, staying with a woman of over two films. I ain't doing this. Yeah, why? Why is he committing to her? Boo! She done got pregnant from him. Well, <laughs> doggone! Better run out. Leave her. Get out of there, man. She gonna make you pay child support, man. Dustin and I are only doing these voices because we live in states where this is a rampant problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
You see, my my problem with it is he he wants to drink this martini, shaken not stirred. And I'm like, dude, just get you a Bud Light. Do, why? I don't understand. <laughs> why don't? Here's my question: Why even have the vermouth? Just drink the vodka. You dumb bastard. <laughs> My question, how do you even say it? Quantum of solace? I don't even know what that means. Why shake it or stir it? You're just going to poop it out later. <laughs> Does it even matter? Why are we venturing? Like, the further we go in this, the more we just sound like goofy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Gosh, Max. Come handle all of these. I'm shaking and stirred, Mickey. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell were we Drunk talking Donald about? Drunk Donald in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my shoes. God. Oh, my God. Without just sounding like a, like a, whatever they call it these days, like a soy boy or whatever. I, I don't need my movies to have. A sissy. A sissy. <laughs> a sissy bitch. Mickey, I wasn't even trying just, there. I wasn't even awesome. trying. You're still doing goofy. I did that subconsciously. I don't need my action movies or my movies in general. I don't. I, I don't need that from my movies. So, like to me, yeah. like if you watch a film from twenty plus years ago, whenever it ventures into that territory, it's kind of like, okay, I know how the scene's going to go. It's it's boring at this point, anyways. So, like, I'm fine with a two and a half hour film spending more time on character and plot in other ways than you know just like oh he's gonna have sex with this lady awesome you know when you make long-running characters parents or surrogate parents to an extent it get, it it does lend more it does do something for their characters it it's it's something that worked with tony stark it works with wolverine uh it works here with with bond um even if it's a small part of what's at stake for him it's still you know, you've got these are those are three characters who um, in the past have been pretty reckless with uh, with their with whatever's going on with them in terms of their problem solving. Um, and so to for all three of those characters and of course now Bond, like just in particular, the chase in the Jeep can't do that chase the way you normally would, you know, without precious cargo where you can just you got to be careful how you ram people off a road. You can't just smash the car up there's a kid in there um it just lends more tension and and forces the hero to 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 be a little smarter about how he goes about things um did you guys like that addition i guess it, it gave more weight to him and madeline's uh relationship that they you know they share a child and that you know a little bit more weight than just we were a couple a few years ago and then you mistakenly put me on the train but we're working through it. It it's it's more meaningful. It's like, oh, by the way, we have a child. So, yeah, I liked it because it was it was again kind of something out of the norm. You know, it was it kind of alerted me that this was a different type of Bond movie. Um, so, and it, it it kind of pushed that character forward. You know, he does have that extra responsibility at this point. So, um, it kind of gave that third act a little bit more heft. Th- this just carries over from our last conversation about Thor. Anytime you allow a character to advance, to mature, to accept the next phase of life, it's inherently interesting because we as an audience have done or will do that. And that next phase looks different for everybody. Sure. 
but everyone will enter a next phase. And and if we never allow our heroes to enter a next phase, if they're always perennially 30 and always stuck as this one type of character, um, never evolving, never maturing, then it's stagnation and that's inherently disinteresting, especially, you know, okay, well, let's say I'm 50 now and all of my heroes are still 30 year olds who can't accept responsibility and and here I am with multiple kids or grandkids or whatever. Well, yeah, that's a, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's crazy to think that I've progressed, matured more than my heroes have. That's a sad place to find yourself into. Like I'm supposed <laughs> to be looking up to you and I feel like I'm doing, I feel like I'm far ahead of you. <laughs> and it's, it's like all the 50 year olds who look up to the like 19 year old football players. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I'm like, yeah, it's a little bit weird, but it's exactly, exactly the same <laughs> thing. Garrity. I'm, I'm going to be doing Buddy it Garrity. 60. Buddy yeah. Garrity. Yeah, it's the same thing I'm going to be doing at 60 going, I love Superman. And, you know, meanwhile, he's still like, oh, I don't know if I should tell Lois Lane my secret. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> you got to let them grow. You got to let, let them grow. And and again, I mentioned this as an example, but it's one of the reasons why I've, I've long clamored for the Batman films to embrace the Bat family, because it's the only way that Bruce can continue to grow. And and they never do it. So I was glad to see that Bond did here. It's not something that I expected, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it's great. Well, and as far as like, you know, the secret agent genre goes, like, like we you know, you were talking about since Casino Royale, like the genre, like it's what, what used to be largely a genre dominated by James Bond is, is, has been fractured into like the board movies are pretty successful and Mission Impossible is doing great right now. And John Wick's doing great. And so that these little, there's these niches. And so you can't go too far into gun fu. You can't go too far into like the impossible mission, the the big missions with the team because Mission Impossible has the market corner on that. Now it's, it's a little bit of the John Carter effect where it's like, boy, like James Bond, like kind of introduced a lot of these dynamics in cinema. And now it's like, it has to make sure to keep up or excel around all the franchises that are successful thanks to it, you know? I love that the John Carter effect is, is a thing though. What, what, yeah, is what, that's we, what we call, call it. <laughs> this phenomenon. Yeah. Well, it's I, accurate though. I, I know exactly apt. what you're saying. It is accurate. Yeah. Um, and John Carter is a great film. I don't care what you say. Go ahead. It is. Next point. If this movie had not been good, it'd be harder for me to come back and go, let's, let's give these films a watch. Let's watch this series again. Like, I just think that they really stuck the landing on this and I think it's yeah. a terrific film. I love the ending. Um, excited to see where the Bond franchise goes next. Yeah. Um, you know, I know it will continue. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what, what? very quickly, what do you guys hope for the future of the Bond franchise? <clears throat> do you want more serialization? Do you want standalone? Do you want, you know, is there a particular actor you have in mind? I, I would rather go back to the older format, but that's just me. I don't know. It's like a weird thing. I, I think they need to give it some time to breathe before they make another one or go back into it. I, I assume they're going to make more. Um, I wouldn't be upset if we never got another one per se. But yeah, I think they just need to give it some time and let let the events of this movie kind of soak in and let there be some some breathing room between installments. Kind of let that weight settle for a little bit. I feel like I feel that way about a lot of things lately where it's like, I'm cool if there's no more of these. And I think that's just 
It's, I think it's just us. Sh- Star Wars. I think it's just us showing our age. <laughs> like we're tired of constantly going through this again and yeah. having to having to learn new people and stuff and having to, to invest in new stories like that. But at the same time, like these are really well done. And unless you're going to do something radically different, which I'm not sure you could or should do for another at least another five years like i'd give it 10 if you could there should be a law (laughs) um but like i think i'm fine with serialization only because the james bond movies are not the marvel movies where like you have a bunch of characters in their own movies and so there's not all this time obligation like it's just the films so you know since one's going to come out every three plus years it's it's easy to to keep up and to to maintain it uh, so I'm fine with some serialization. I don't know. I don't have an opinion about whether Bond should be black or a woman or anything like that. I mean, there's there's discussions to be had on those, but I'm purely just interested in, you know, I know that the Broccoli's, or I guess Barbara Broccoli, uh, I would imagine in their interest, like we should, you know, we want to keep making movies, but like we're not going to just cash cow this thing either. And yeah. I, I would think that these would these would exist with a lot more frequency, if not for uh, Barbara. <laughs> you know, and and I, I think I'm in the minority not wanting uh, you know another story where each film follows up on the last film. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think uh, it, it's weird watching these, especially the older ones, because the, just the tastes have changed so much. And and you know, back in the day, you could have Sean Connery, and then all of a sudden, it's George Lazenby, and there's no explanation for it. But they're playing the same character, and it's like nowadays, there'd be some—you you would have to have some sort of explanation as to why there's a different actor and multiverse. You know, yeah, or, yeah, it's just you, like, or you don't. Um, but like, but but that's one of those. That's one of the economics around it that's just there's no going back. Where if it's successful with, let's say, Idris Elba, you know, is James Bond next or whatever film makes a billion dollars there's no you know even if they'd announced before they even start shooting we're this is a one-off we're going to go back to single stories single you know actors we're going to change each time mgm or i guess whoever amazon who owns them now amazon someone would be like amazon owns mgm somebody would be like but they don't own bond right but but you right but like well i guess whoever it doesn't matter like who you know Whoever would make the decision, like, we can't just close the door on returning revenue on this franchise with this actor. Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, like, let's say we make an excellent film with Idris Elba, like, why shouldn't we make a sequel to that? You know, like, just for the sake of money, but like, if people like it, then why would we come back, you know, a few years later with, you know, having cast Taron Edgerton uh, to be the next Bond, which people might hate. And then, what did we do? But so yeah. I, I think that's one of those aspects of filmmaking that's probably gone with, with yeah. franchises like this is, is not doing it serialized because there's just too much money to be made by putting in all the work of casting somebody and doing some multi-picture deals. And I, well, I also I, think like back in the day, they, you know, at least early on, they were based on books. And now that, you know, for, for a long time, they've been out of material, right? You can maybe borrow bits and pieces from there, but they're just kind of winging it, which opens up, oh, this doesn't need to be a standalone story anymore, right? right? That doesn't need to be, you know, uh, its own thing. It can be something that we just make up and it can run for five films. It can run for 10 films or whatever, you know? So 
Yeah. And even books yeah. like these days, like a comparable example would be like the, the, the terminal, like Jack Carr, the Jack Carr, Scott, or, uh, uh, um, James Reese, uh, novels or, uh, Brad Thor, or like just any number of like action hero spy <laughs> person. Like it's, I mean, it's been a thing for a while, but certainly a thing now, if you write a thriller, like it's a series because it's just money. It's yeah. just easy. It's just yeah. easier to sell to people like, Oh, we're doing a sequel, you know? And all that stuff yeah. that happened it stays. It's canon. Yeah, I think I think that's where I'm at. I mean, I, I would be okay whether they're standalone or not. Mm-hmm. However, I think the ship has sailed in the in the world of cinematic universes. I just don't think we'll go back to standalone. Although I'd be okay with it if we did. Mm-hmm. I just don't think we will. Yeah. Um, as far and, and as when like, I say standalone, I mean like maybe five films with the same actor, but yeah, each sure. film is its own. It's own self-contained thing. story. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be okay with that. But that's easier to sell because at least it's the same actor. Like you like yeah. this person right. as James Bond, you can tolerate zero continuity. You know, I could at right. least, right. you know, right. everybody yeah. wins. And, the, and then the other, the, but the other thing though, is like that I don't want them to do is I don't want them to remake. So like, I don't want another yeah. from Russia with love. I yeah. don't want another right. Thunderball. Like, I just want them to do new things. And that's going to be a temptation at some point to dip back in and readapt Ian Fleming's novels yeah. in a new way, yeah. a new actor, you know, whatever. That's certainly not what I want. I want new stories. Um, and and as far as actors, I don't have anybody in mind. Um, but, you know, I, I would hope that they, um, whoever they, they cast, is able to what I think is great that Daniel Craig was able to do was open the door for people who don't look like James Bond is supposed to look yep. to play James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and while, you know, that can be a double-edged sword for sure. Um, I think that what it means is as long as somebody can embody the role, they have a fair shot at it. And, and forever there, <laughs> there, there were a lot of people who, who thought Daniel Craig couldn't embody that role until later in his tenure. Um, and, and I think that, uh, I would disagree, but, um, but for me, yeah, I mean, I, as long as somebody can walk confidently, speak clearly, um, seem like they've got things put together, um, even when they're making things up. And somebody who, you know, has charisma, um, I, 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 that's all I need out of it. Like, I don't want like a, a Jai Courtney who, you know, like, or, or, a, a, a um, Sam, Sam Worthington, right. Who's like, <laughs> yeah, all, all the charisma of, of, a, of a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. Um, I, I don't need, uh, I, like, I don't need that. So, um, yeah, I, I think Timothy Dalton um, is still alive. Just saying. Yeah, let him go. Um, give him another one. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I think that um, that, and I also don't want them to acknowledge that longstanding uh, idea that all of these bonds exist in some world where 007 and the name James Bond is a moniker and not an actual given name. Agreed. Um, it's been a long-standing theory that eventually Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig could share the screen together. Don't want it. No. I know that in in the post No Way Home world, that's going to be a temptation. I hope that they ignore that temptation um, and just give us something that's fun, new, unique, uh, and 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 yet still true to the character 
and uh, smartly written, um, fantastic and uh, and fun above all. Like it's got to be fun. And and as as dark and dour as this film could get, as depressing as this got sometimes, mm-hmm. it was always fun. It was so fun. And um, and and that that's all a Bond movie has to be. Um, should they keep some of these other actors? Yeah, I'd love I'd love to see Ray Fiennes return. I'd love to see uh, Ben Whishaw return. Um, Naomi Harris. I'd love for them to return. And you know, in classic Bond style, that happened. That that used to happen all the time. Yeah. Desmond Llewellyn, we mentioned him before. He was every he was cute to every Bond until Pierce Brosnan. Um carrying over. Judy Dench is him. Yep. Yes, exactly. Yep, yep, exactly. So I, I think <laughs> that uh they could totally do that and I would love to see it. So there, yeah. there's definitely potential for a lot of really cool, fun things, and I hope that they do it. Um, but we'll see. I, I can also see that there would be a temptation to do a clean slate change, like if that was a serialized thing, then there's no reason to carry those those actors over. Yeah. Um, but I'd I'd be for it if they did. So that the idea of like all three bonds coming together in some sort of weird thing—that's just I've never thought of that. And it, Is oh it so? God, I know it's, it's gross. Not so bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially because I don't know. Maybe I'm alone in this, but I I always saw Pierce Brosnan and, and Timothy Dalton as the same person. Yeah, D- the different actors playing the same character like not like mm-hmm. a different version of james bond but literally they are the they same played it the person. same way yeah yeah they're, and they're it's very... just like like connery through brosnan like through die another day that's all the same person to me uh it, well for me no but but i understand what you're saying with with dalton and and brosnan i think they played the role the same way like they certainly took the same like they 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 saw him the same way. I, I do think there's a fundamental difference in the way that Connery saw him versus Roger Moore. Right. But but yeah, I but, agree yeah, with you there. I, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like when Diana Riggs character dies in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and yeah. then in the next film, Bond is tracking down her killer, but it's Sean Connery. It's Sean again. Connery again. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh my god. And then Roger Moore visits her grave and leaves flowers in one of the movies. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. And then I I can't remember if it's Living Daylights or, um, uh, uh, oh my God, License to Kill. But someone was talking about how it's like, he was married. It was License to Kill because Felix Slider's getting married. And someone Mm. was like, he was, he was married once talking about Dalton's bond. bond. Yeah. 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 See, that's what I was saying. And like nowadays audiences wouldn't buy that. Right. It would have to be like, oh, it is a it is a code name, and these are all different people. You know what I mean? Yeah. But back in well, the day, it was just like, yeah, it's a different different guy playing in this week or whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah. But that, of course, doesn't hold up over decades. Like why he'd be yeah, in I, his yeah. mid thirties, and you know, possibly of, of, of time, a different uh, ethnicity <laughs> too. Right. Well, uh, like, yeah. Remember right. back well, in the I mean, 60s? well, now they have a chance to to wipe the slate clean and do an entirely new. Bond and start a new continuity. So they were very know. deliberate to say James Bond will return. They didn't say 007. Yeah. They had made no indication that we you know we're, you know, it's not like we're it's not like we're gonna because killing keeping James Bond dead and having a new 007 would suggest <laughs> that this is one big universe where all these people are, yeah. you know, and it's right. like so James Bond will return. The next time we do a, a movie in this franchise, the character will be named James Bond, um, which probably means it's not a woman. And you know, he will have the the 007 moniker and in all likelihood, the entire cast will be 
recast. Uh, these two characters never came up, but um, Ana de Armas' character was really oh, great, and that whole yes. sequence was fantastic. She was great. Yep. And um, yep. obviously it was great to see Jeffrey right back as Felix, yep. mm-hmm. and I, I love the inclusion of that character. It was like he was the one to pull Bond out of retirement, and, yep. and uh, I, you know, the way that that character went out was like another gut punch too. So, yeah. um, yep. just yeah. a horrible, horrible way for him to die. Oh, I know. Shot, <laughs> yeah, and then he, he, he dies before he even has a chance to drown. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. No, Anna was her, her scene was fantastic. I mean, that was one of those terrific action sequences, but they set it up so perfectly with this, like, Oh God, they put him with this rookie, this giddy rookie. Like, how's this going to go? And she's like, amazing. And, and it's literally, yeah. it was, it was a little bit on the nose where she was just like, okay, well, that's it for me. Like, uh, that's it. On a I'm I, leaving the movie I'm, now. I'm, I'm yeah. picture wrapped. <laughs> You'll never, you know, I've got to go. I've got another movie to shoot. <laughs> I've got- well, I think I read that it was like Daniel Craig wanted her in the movie because he enjoyed working with her so much. Um, Knives um, out. Knives out. Yeah. That makes um, sense. But I also like that scene too, because it was an inversion of that scene in Spectre where Bond infiltrates the this uh, Blofeld's like Spectre party, mm-hmm. and they they turn all the attention towards him, and and it's like that's that scene is like ugh, a little iffy, weird. But this was like an inversion of that, and then all the the Spectre agents die, you know. And it was so cool. It was cool. Yeah. yeah, it was like making up for the shortfalls of Spectre in, yeah. in many ways yeah. for me. And I was like, oh, the whole like cuckoo thing. And- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Spectre yeah. party. I love that. <laughs> and same with Blofeld in this movie. That one scene he was in, it was like he was great. Oh yeah, Christoph Waltz really is different. an actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he yep. was like yep. sleepwalking in Spectre. So yeah. it's like, oh yeah. good. You know, yeah. that one scene he was in, I was like, oh, this is this is much better than he was in the entirety of the last movie. So um yeah. It would have been fun if he had just if he had also been like, All right, I'm done. That that's my scene. Goodbye. Good, goodbye. I have to get back to Los Angeles <laughs> yeah. now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Farewell. Yeah. <laughs> Good talk. All right. Cool. I, I needed to express uh, just how pleased I was with this movie. So yeah. now I have. Yeah. No, that was great. All right. That's it. Fa- That's farewell. It. I have to go to back to Los Angeles now. Farewell, my friends. <laughs> my friends. <laughs> <laughs>